Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again. And we do consider it a great privilege to be able to be with you each day right here on Search the Scriptures. Open up God's Word and study a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more. And our prayer is that as we do this each day, that your faith is growing stronger and deeper and fuller. Because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It's not a magical thing. It's not something that's just bestowed upon you whether you want it or not. Your faith develops as you get into God's Word more and more. And as your faith grows, as we study more and more, and we dig deeper, look at the, the words of God in more detail, then your understanding should be improving, and you should be coming closer to God. Our prayer is that ultimately you will make up your mind that you want to come to God all the way. Walk with him for the rest of your life and be with him for all of eternity. And that will be through Jesus Christ. As you repent of your sins, confess your faith in him as God's son and your Lord and Savior, and surrender to him in baptism so that the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And you can be reborn spiritually, made new, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Become that new creation in Christ. Our prayer is for you, and our prayer is with you, and we really do pray for you. Now, we want to encourage you to encourage others to listen to the program, and you can do that even if they don't have the time in their busy schedule to tune in at this particular moment or this particular time or any of the times that we're on each day, even though we're on several times each day. You can encourage them, and you can do this yourself. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and scroll down the home page to our podcast button. Click on that, and it'll take you about one minute, that's all, to sign up for our podcasting. It's free, and it will always be free. We're not after your wallet. We're, we, want, we care about your soul. We want to help you get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll automatically receive all of these programs each day. They'll go automatically to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. But you'll also receive much more. You'll get all of our sermons. You'll receive all of our Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible classes, a great daily Bible study that's short, about 12 minutes long each day, that we call today's Bible class. Many people, they are so busy that they have a hard time working things in, at least in their mind, to study God's Word. So a short 12 or 13 minute study each day as you drive to work, drive home from work, maybe do some of your chores, maybe you're on break at your job, whatever, you can listen to that podcast and still get into God's Word and your faith can grow stronger and deeper and fuller. So we encourage you, encourage others to listen to the program. Go to the website, sign up for our podcasting. And again, all of that is free, and it always will be free. We're going to start a new study today. And I want to begin by asking you a question. How much do you think God loves you? That's a rather soul-searching question, isn't it? Now, we could follow up and say, how much do you think you really love God? But that's a study for another day. Another subject, another time. How much do you think God loves you? 
intriguing question, isn't it? Well, it's something that we ought to be thinking about. I think a lot of times, in a lot of people's minds, they just sort of take God for granted. They believe in God. They believe he's there. They believe he loves them. But they don't really think that much about God, and they don't think much about their relationship with God. How much do you think God loves you? When was the last time you actually spent some time in profound thought about your relationship with God? Are you walking with God according to his will? Are you living by his teachings? Now, if you're listening to the program every day, then you're really learning a lot from God's word. You're learning a lot of scripture. But are you living by those teachings? Are you taking it in and making the proper applications, or are you just listening and then kind of moving on? How much do you think God loves you? Have you thought about, have you come to realize that the scriptures speak of God's love in tremendous depth? In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17, notice how the Apostle Paul describes God's love for you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Did you ever stop and realize that the scriptures speak of God's love in four dimensions? Four dimensions. Wow. What, how did Paul put it there? The width, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. We could also think of that as the magnitude of God's love. But it really becomes descriptive when you think about it in terms of those four dimensions. The width, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. Well, how could we grasp that kind of love, that degree of love, that magnitude of love? How could we grasp that? How could we understand it? Is there some way that we can kind of wrap our minds around it in kind of a succinct or, or, or a compact kind of package of, of instruction? an analysis, so to speak? The answer to that, I believe, is yes. Now, when we look at this particular text of Scripture that I believe speak, speaks fully of the length and the depth and the width and the height of God's love, let me do a little bit of a disclaimer here. I don't think that we'll ever, while we're in this physical body, in this physical realm, on this earth, I don't think we'll ever fully grasp and understand and probably will not fully appreciate God's love for us 
all that it is, all that he offers us through his love. But I think we can come to understand it intellectually to a great extent. The length and the depth and the width and the height of God's love. There's one verse of scripture that I think speaks to all of these dimensions of God's love. A familiar verse of scripture. You probably can quote it yourself, but you've probably never thought about it in these particular terms, in this particularly graphic way, that it really describes the length and the depth and the width and the height of God's love. The four dimensions of God's love of which Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. That one verse of scripture, John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This one verse of scripture brings out those four dimensions of God's love for us. The width, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. So let's spend these next few days considering, trying to understand maybe a little bit better each dimension of God's love so that we can better appreciate just how much God loves us and oh how we ought to be thankful for his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well let's talk about the width of God's love first. For God so loved the world, the world. God's love extends to all humanity throughout the whole world. Everybody, in every generation, throughout time, God has loved all of those in the past who have gone on. He loves everybody who is alive right now throughout the whole world, and he loves all of those who will ever live upon this earth until the Lord comes again. For God so loved the world. How wide is the world? Oh, I don't know how many miles it is when you trace the circumference of the world. I don't know how many feet, how many inches that would be, but it's a long way, isn't it? We're talking about covering the whole globe. That is the width of God's love. When we think about how God started with mankind, going back to Genesis chapter 1, I believe we see man as the crown, so to speak, of God's creation. After he had created everything else, in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, then God said, 
let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, we've talked many times on this program in various studies about how God made man absolutely unique from everything else that God created, including all of the animal form, uh, all of the animal life of every form of every species, of every class, of every order. Man is absolutely unique. Why? Not just because man is superior intellectually. Not just because man has certain capabilities that no other animal has as far as physical abilities and mental capacity. No, man is completely unique from everything else that God created in that Only man did God create in God's own image, after God's likeness. Now that should not be understood from the perspective or getting the idea that we look physically like God looks in appearance. You see, we do not. I don't believe we're to understand that at all, because God is spirit. We are physical human in, in, in a fleshly form. So when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and you get toward the end of that chapter, and it's a great chapter, great treatise on the resurrection, Paul says that when it comes to that final day of judgment, those who are still, who are still alive will be changed. We'll be given a new body, a spiritual body. Now, I don't think we're to understand that God has the kind of appearance that we are accustomed to when we look at ourselves in the mirror each day and we see our physical reflection. I don't think we're to understand that when we look at our family members, our friends, our work associates, our neighbors, people we pass on the streets or do business with in grocery stores or the post office or wherever, I don't think we're to understand that that any of those images, those physical images, is what God looks like. Now, we just don't know, but the, the text tells us that God is spirit. He is spirit. So I don't expect that God looks like us. Now, maybe I'll be surprised when it comes to eternity and I get to be with him in his presence in heaven. But whatever that reality will be, we're not to understand that when it says he created us in his own likeness, in his own image, that that means physical appearance, likeness, and image. But rather... He created us with a soul. And so he put that spiritual being within our physical body. And in that way, he made us absolutely unique to everything else that he had created. Absolutely unique. We have a soul. Now we may love our dogs. We may love our cats, our pets, in other words. You may even 
think of animals in the field or maybe wild animals in the forest or the jungle and think about them with a certain affection. But they don't have souls. Only man was created in the likeness of God. Only man was created in God's own image. Only man has that spiritual being within his physical body, the soul that is eternal. Now that, that, that makes us, again, absolutely unique. We have the ability, let me put it this way, we have the opportunity to be with God forever in heaven but not in this physical body. Again, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says this body will be changed. And we know that when somebody dies and they're buried, that that physical frame decomposes and ultimately wastes away. But we're talking about an eternal body, a soul, a spiritual body. So we have that opportunity. Now, why did God create us that way? He created us to be with him forever. He wants us to be with him forever. He leaves the choice up to us. And therein comes all of his teachings that are laid out for us in the scriptures. He has had the inspired writers write down his will for our lives, which is the best life that we can live. He leaves the choice as to whether or not we will live by those teachings up to us. But he does instruct us that if we want to be with him forever in heaven, in that spiritual realm, then we must live by his teachings in our physical body here on this earth. Remember that Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Remember that, and that's John 14 and verse 15. And remember that the Hebrews writer said that, that even Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all those who obey him all those who obey him. And so God expects us to live before him in this physical life in obedience to his spiritual teachings communicated to us through his word. But God wants us to be with him. He created us to love. He loves us. And he created us also to love him. Again, he wants us to be with him. The Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should have, that, but that all should come to repentance. Now remember John 3.16 again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. God created us to be with him forever. He created us to love and 
He created us to love him. Who did he create? In his image? All of mankind. Who does God love? What is the width of his love? The whole world. The whole world. It's interesting. In Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 15, God's message of salvation, which is the gospel of Christ, goes out to all of the earth, to the ends of the world, from one end of the earth to the other. Let's read that text. Romans 10, beginning with verse 15. And here the apostle Paul wrote, How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound, the sound of whom? Whom have they not heard? Or whom have they heard? Those who preach, those who teach the gospel of peace. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of salvation from the throne room of heaven communicated us, communicated to us first through the Son of God as he was upon this earth and today through God's word, the Holy Scriptures. Have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. That's the width of God's love. The width of God's love. When Jesus told the apostles on the day of his ascension back to heaven to go and teach people the gospel, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Well, let's let these initial thoughts kind of swish around in our heads until next time and we can get a little deeper into the depth, the width, the length, and the height, the four dimensions of God's love. And I hope you will be blessed through this study. Let's pray together. Thank you, our Heavenly Father, for loving us so much. Help us as much as we can in this finite physical body to learn and appreciate how much you love us and to respond to you through our love for you and your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in his name. Amen.